The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. Welcome to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCoon. I serve as pastor of Zion Church. We're a congregation of believers who trust in the simple message of God's sovereign grace, where families come together to worship God in spirit and in truth through the simplicity of preaching, praying, and singing. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. If you live in the Gordo area or if you are visiting in the area, please join us for worship. We meet every Sunday at 1030 a.m. and 5 p.m. and on the first and third Wednesday evenings at 630 p.m. In today's message, we continue our study in the book of Hebrews by examining Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 1. In this verse, we are admonished to give the more earnest heed to the things which we've heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. As we'll see in this message, the term let them slip refers to drifting away, not active rebellion, but simple negligence in our Christian walk. You see, the natural tendency that we have as as human beings is to let things slip away from us, to let the truth slip away, to let our faithfulness slip away, to let our steadfastness slip away. It takes effort to hold on to them, as we'll see in this message. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit. Blessed be the Father of our Lord, the everlasting God. All praise and honor to His name, His majesty adore. When from the dead He raises Son and God, Oh, 
you'll turn to Hebrews chapter 2, we're going to begin reading in verse 1. Now, as you turn there, you may recall that the theme of the book of Hebrews is better. Everywhere you look in the book of Hebrews, there's, um, there's writing talking about, the, uh, the writer is talking about how much better the Lord Jesus Christ is than the old economy of the law. The new economy of grace, which really, I hate to even put it that way, because grace overlay even the old economy of the law. But the public worship was different under the law than it is after the cross when the age of grace, in a sense, has come upon us where we understand that the Lord Jesus Christ was the fulfillment of the law and his death, burial, and resurrection is what uh, the law was pointing to. Now we look back to it. We point to it as well. The law pointed forward. We point back, and we can see what's happened. A lot of those old prophets didn't even understand what they were prophesying completely. But they just knew that something had to happen, some sacrifice had to come into play that would be perfect and that would perfect the redemption that only God could bring. And now that we're under grace, we can rest in grace. And we may talk about that at some point if we stay in the book of Hebrews in some of our night services. But also, we need to understand that there are certain duties that we have, not in order to get us into the covenant of grace, but because we already are in the covenant of grace. You may remember that over in the second chapter of the book of Ephesians, uh, there's, there's a whole uh, list of verses there talking about salvation by grace alone. And then he tells us in about verse 12 that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works that we should walk in them. In other words, based on all of this grace that I've been talking to you about, Paul says there's some things you ought to do to serve the Lord, not in order to get the grace, because grace then, if you had to work to get it, it would be works, it wouldn't be grace. Paul makes that clear in Romans 11. But now that we are children of God, there are things that we need to do to serve this great God who has done so much for us. So let's, let's begin, that's what I want to talk about this morning a little bit, beginning in verse 1 of chapter 2 of Hebrews. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him, God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders and with diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. This morning, the topic, if I were to name this sermon, would be letting things slip. Letting things slip. Notice what he said there in the very first verse. He said, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. Now, that's an important concept in the kingdom of God as to your discipleship. We're going to see in a minute we're not talking about losing your eternal salvation. But what we're talking about is letting the eternal salvation that has been applied to you through the new birth, neglecting that and letting it slip. And, and I love the, 
the definition of the word slip here. Slip literally means in the Greek to flow past, uh, to glide by, and it carries the sense of neglect, of drifting away, drifting away. And we're going to come back to this, Lord being our helper, but I've used this example before and I want to go ahead and share it with you at the outset. This is not talking about being rebellious or committing some kind of rebellious acts. But remember, I'm sure most of you like to go to the beach. When we were, the kids were younger, we'd go down to the Gulf Shores and we would take an umbrella with us or a tent. We'd take a tent and we'd set up the tent on the beach and we'd get under the tent and that's primarily where I stayed. <laughs> that are wrapped up in towels, one, so I didn't get burned. But anyway, that's another story. But we'd put that tent up there and then the kids would want to get out into the, into the ocean. And I'd get out there with them and we'd play around. We'd float around on the little floats. And, and the next thing you know, I look up and we went out into the ocean right in front of the tent. But when I look right in front of me from the ocean, the tent's way down here. And somehow I've, I've floated way down there. I didn't mean to. I didn't intentionally do that. But I just let it slip. I just let myself drift away. It is easy to let spiritual things slip. It is so easy. Now we can be rebellious, yes. Think about the prodigal son. The prodigal son was a rebellious son. He was a son. We're not, that's not a story, as I've said many times, that's not a story about that young man going down into the pig pen in the far country and getting born again. He was already a child of his father. The father represents our, God, our father, God, and he, he was uh, already uh, in the father's house. He knew what was going on in the father's house. He knew what he had in the father's house. But he rebelliously left the father's house and went off into the far country. And the next thing you know, he's down in the pig pen. That's a rebellious child of God. Jonah is the quintessential rebellious servant of God. God said, Jonah, go preach to those Ninevites. Jonah went right the opposite direction. He was rebellious in what he did and what happened to him. He ended up directly in the belly of the whale. This is a child of God rebelling against God. And by the way, you know what Samuel said to Saul about rebellion back over in 1 Samuel chapter 15? In, in chapter 15, about verse 22, uh, Samuel told Saul, this was after Saul had declined to do what God said. God said, you go down there to the Amalekites and you slay every human being down there. And you slay every living thing down there, uh, cattle, horses, um, uh, a goat, sheep, it didn't matter what, you slay them all. Well, Saul being Saul, lifted up in, in pride, really. Uh, he spared the king so he could parade him in front of his people. And he, he kept all the best part of the flocks. You know, I mean, it made sense, right? It makes good common natural sense to not slay all this good, uh, this, these good uh, uh, flocks over there, these good sheep, these good goats. We can take those and use them for ourselves. You know, th that made all kinds of sense. It made good sense from a kingly standpoint to parade your defeated enemy in front of your people. That would elevate you in their sight. It made all kinds of good sense except for one thing. God said do it a different way. <laughs> 
There's a lot of things people do today that makes good sense to the natural man. It makes good sense in church, in their worship. It makes sense to have all kinds of entertainment and all kinds of things to try to draw the crowds in. The only problem with it, God said to do it a different way, <laughs> you see. And so Samuel, when he showed up on the scene, I, I, I wish I could have been there. It was, it, I love that scene in my mind. Uh, I see, I see where Samuel shows up after Saul has incompletely obeyed God. And Saul sees Samuel, and I know what he was thinking. He did the same thing my kids did and I did to my parents when I knew I hadn't really done what they said, but I'd done most of what they said. I'd, I'd go up to them immediately when they showed up, and I'd get this, first I'd get this, this chill go over me like, uh-oh, you know, and then I was like, look at here, look what I've done, look at all the good things I've done here, and that's what he did, he said, look, behold, I have done what the Lord said, he, he goes to Samuel and says that, and I can just see old Samuel the prophet putting his hand behind his ear, he said, then what meaneth this, then the lowing of the cattle and the bleeding of the sheep that I hear? And then he goes on and makes his excuses. He says, well, you know, I was afraid of the people. They wanted to keep this, and I feared for this. And well, we, we're going to use them for sacrifice to your God, you know. We're going to use it for a good purpose. Samuel makes this statement that we would all do well to remember. He said, hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in doing the will of the Lord. And then he goes on to say this, behold, rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. You know, what, you know what they were told to do with the witches in that day? And they were diviners and those who dealt in the dark arts and those kinds of things. Uh, he, they were to be stoned. They were to be stoned. God hates rebellion. And that is a problem, child of God. If you find yourself in a rebellious state going contrary to the will of God and knowing you're going contrary to the will of God, you can expect difficult and severe consequences. You can expect that. But I'm not preaching on rebellion this morning because the most common problem among God's people, and I speak from experience here, is not rebellion but neglect, negligence. Now look, I can be as rebellious as anybody, and I've been rebellious, and I've experienced the consequences. But the primary problem I have in my life is not rebellion against God. I really do want to do the will of God. I really do. I mean, there's part of me, you know that, there's part of you that doesn't want to do anything. You know, that old Adam nature doesn't want to do anything that's in uh, in the will of God. But, but the part of you that's been born again, that new creature in you, I try my best. I want to do the will of God. But I'm like Brother Mike Ivey said one time about his childhood. He said, when I was a child, it wasn't that I set out to do wrong. He said, I just forgot to do right. <laughs> you ever been there? You know, I don't set out every day. I don't get up every day and say, you know, I'm going to do as much wrong today as I can. No, I set out every morning and I think to myself, I pray to God, I say, Lord, help me today to do better than I did yesterday. And by about three o'clock in the afternoon, I've forgotten about my commitment to do better. I forgot to do right and I just end up doing wrong. See, we can be rebellious, but even more than that, we can be negligent. Negligent. Turn with me over to James, the first chapter. James chapter 1 and verse 22. 
James gives us this admonition. He says, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. I don't want to go too far afield on this, but he's not talking about deceiving yourself as to whether you're a child of God or not. But he's talking about deceiving yourself as to whether you're serving him or not, you know. And, 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 and you ever been in the position, well, I don't want to go too, I, let me just say it this way. I've been in the position where I've deceived myself thinking I'd done God's will until I really sat down and examined myself and realized, man, I got that so wrong. <laughs> but he says, don't be doers of the word. Uh, he said, be doers of the word, but not hearers only. In verse 23, for if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man beholding his natural face in a glass, for he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But now look at this. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Notice he didn't say he being a rebellious hearer. I mean, that goes without saying that rebellion is going to get you nowhere but in the, in, in, in the pig pen. You'll end up in the pig pen. But here he says, there are those who are forgetful hearers. And I get that so well because it happens to me all the time. I, I, again, I don't set out to do wrong and to violate the word of God. I just forget to do it. You know, I've told you the story about the night that I was coming home from seeing one of the Marvel movies. I think it was the last, that last big movie and I, it was late I'd been with the kids everything was fine I, I wasn't I wasn't in rebellion I was doing pretty good you know I was just kind of in neutral <laughs> just kind of in neutral I was tired it's 1130 at night coming home I stop at the at the quick stop over there on 82 and uh, when I go in and I get ready to pay the lady was just as ugly to me as she could be smarted off being ugly now what should I have done I should have said, ma'am, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to offend you. What can I do to fix things? But the problem with that is, is I didn't go in there intending to offend her and to get into a big argument with her. I just forgot not to. <laughs> I just forgot not to. It hit me wrong, and I wasn't in the right place. I was just kind of coasting along. And the next thing you know, she and I are arguing over her attitude. And, and I left there so angry that I was ready to get her fired because I thought I knew who the owner was. And, and by the time I got back to Gordo, I was so convicted, I had to turn around and go back and apologize to her. It's just, you see, that's what you can get into if you're a forgetful hearer, if you're negligent. He says here, don't be a forgetful hearer. And see... Does this not fit right in with the parable of the sower and the seeds? Look back over in Matthew chapter 13. Look back over in Matthew chapter 13. This is the, the, the Matthew chapter 13 is the, um, probably it's the chapter that has all the kingdom of God parables, the kingdom of heaven parables. And, and they're, they're very applicable to us today. That's, in fact, that's why Jesus gave them. And he said in verse 3, uh, he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow, and when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places, where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up, because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. 
And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But the other fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. Now I'm going to quote or steal some thoughts from Brother Mike Ivey for just a second here. And, and, and I want to go back to what he has said many times. I've heard him say it. And also we need to understand this, that this parable is not about who is or who is not a child of God. I grew up hearing it taught a different way, that the first three were not children of God, and the only category of hearer of the sower and the seed that were children of God were those that fell in the good ground. This is not a parable about who is a child of God. And one of the reasons we know that is because Jesus does not make that application. He does not make that. You know, when Jesus spoke a parable, the parable only extends as far as the one giving the parable means for it to extend. And when we take it farther, we're saying that we're smarter than Jesus. When we say, well, I know it means this, and Jesus said that, but it also means such and such, then we've declared ourselves more, uh, more intelligent and wiser than God, and I just don't think we want to go there. You see, this is not about who is or who is not a child of God. All of these categories are children of God. You say, how do you know that? Well, verse 18, Jesus explains it. And by the way, also in a parable, it only goes so far as the parable giver explains. Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone heareth the word, of the, the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away, listen, that which was sown in his heart. The word of God can't be sown in the heart of one that's not been regenerated. The dead alien sinner, the one who has no heart for God, Cannot have anything of God so sown in his heart. 1 Corinthians 2.14, which we go to quite a bit, says the natural man, that is the man who's only been born in nature, never been born again, the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. I think the Word of God is a thing of the Spirit of God, don't you? <laughs> That's something that was sown in, his, in this person's heart, and it says the, uh, this is he that... Uh, uh, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which received seed by the wayside. Uh, and then he, he talks about the stony ground. But what I wanted to get to is the seed that was sown among thorns. Verse 22. Because I identify with this. He also that received seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word of God. Or heareth the word. And the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becometh unfruitful here was a man who apparently was fruitful at one point but he became unfruitful here's a man who heard the word i, I believe the, this category i don't want to go into a whole exposition of the of the sower and the seed but i do believe this we need to understand this particular category this is somebody that's been raised in church this is somebody that's familiar with the Word of God. This is somebody that can probably quote Scripture. This is somebody that probably attends church regularly and is sitting under the preaching of the Word. And what this person does is, is unfortunately what I do too often. And I know if you be honest with yourself, you can see yourself in this too. I let the things of the world just choke out the Word of God. I just, I get tied up in work. I get caught up in family obligations. I get caught up in recreation. I get caught up in all kinds of things. And the next thing you know, I'm just unfruitful. I'm just not what I should be. I didn't do it intentionally. 
there's never been a day in my life. Well, I shouldn't say that. There have been some days. We won't talk about those days. But there's been not a lot of days in my life. Most days, I'm not out there just rebelling against God. I'm just letting these things slip, being negligent. Letting the world and letting the flesh and the devil take away my joy in the kingdom. I, 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 again, I know I tell you this all the time. I get up here and confess, <laughs> and I'm not preaching my experience. I just want to share it with you. But I had to go to Auburn yesterday, and it's about a three-and-a-half, four-hour drive. And I told Sherry, we talked about it when I got home, what, how, how was it? I said, well, you know, it's just a little melancholy. I was just down, you know. I just, and, and you, by the way, you know why I was down? Now, I love country music. Don't get me wrong. I love it. I love it. I don't like so much the new stuff, but I've got a whole list of Conway Twitty and Tom T. Hall and Merle Hager, and I listen to that playlist a lot. But I've been listening, I was listening to the saddest songs, you know. My wife left me and I'm at home. I ain't got anything but a table to eat and drink on. And, you know, I'm, my, 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 my kids, uh, I neglected them. There's a song out there about neglecting your family and good grief. I was, so all I was doing all the way down there was listening to all this stuff that was just getting me further and further and further down, you know. On the way back, I decided I'd listen to some preaching. <laughs> I'd listen to some Grace Alone radio. I'd listen to that. And uh, felt a whole lot better on the way back than I did down there. But see, I, wouldn't, I didn't set out to be sad. I didn't say, I can't wait to drive to Auburn and just be despondent by the time I get there, you know. I, I, I set out, I said, this is going to be a pretty good drive. I'm going to listen to some good music. By the time I got there, I was almost in tears, you know. It was just, it was just, it, it, but I just forgot. I neglected it, you see. I neglected to do what I should do, <laughs> which I should have been listening to some good singing, you know, and some good preaching. But it's so easy to let things slip. Now, not only is it easy to let things slip, it is dangerous to let spiritual things slip. It's dangerous for you, child of God. Listen, look at verse 2 here back in, uh, back in Hebrews chapter 2. He said, If the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Beloved, you can neglect your salvation. Now notice, it did not say you can lose your salvation. Due to the constraints of time, we will stop the message here. But please join us tomorrow for the conclusion of this message. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's Z-I-O-N-P-B-C-1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismccool at gmail.com. That's the letter J, C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. 